Hey, Token CEO listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball Nip. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball Nips and have a great time on the golf course. Uh, okay, we're going to start over. Most of you probably have today off, so you can listen to episode 120 of this podcast. We have a friend of mine on as a guest today. Josh Isner is the head of revenue at a company called Axon. He has some great insights about how to be a great leader, about how to execute, how to overcome obstacles and uh, adversity. And he is a man with a plethora of Bill Belichick quotes, which is just always something I look for in a person. So before we get into it, let me tell you a little bit about sports research. So sports research is a health and fitness company. I can't get enough of them. They've got a product called sweet sweat. So if you haven't tried it yet, what sweet sweat does is basically it targets troubled areas on your body. You put a little gel on them. And next thing you know, you're warming up faster. You're working out longer. It's assisting you with recovery. And you basically, if you rubbed it on your ass, you would be like, I'm sweating my ass off. Like I prefer to sweat my like waistline above my jeans off, but you know, you know, to each his own. So it might sound intimidating, but it's actually super simple. All you have to do is to apply the gel to slow to respond areas. It would actually be interesting to get a catalog of slow to respond areas. I think slow to respond areas are just the places that fit around tight fabric on your body. Anyways, before you start any workout, whether you're running, whether you're playing hockey, whether you're doing a racket sport, you're wrestling, I don't really well, I don't really know anyone who's wrestling, whether you're getting ready for rough and rowdy like Billy football, you just like doctor up some sweet sweat on you. Uh, it helps your body get the results you want. If you're looking to get in shape or target those hard to reach or troublesome areas, go to sportsresearch.com or go to Amazon and use code TOKEN at checkout to get 30% off. Big things happen over here. We are still chugging away with the Barstool Fund. It is, as everybody knows, pretty much a full-time job. We just hit almost $27 million, which is exceptional. It's, I cry every day about the Barstool Fund. I think this is one of the best things that we have ever done. I think it's Dave Portnoy's legacy, which makes me so proud. Uh, we made it on CNN last week. Dave had about an eight-minute clip on CNN International, so huge thanks to the folks at CNN. It's awesome to see the level of interest in the fund, and then most importantly, it's just it's just so gratifying and humbling, frankly, to see the businesses who are able to continue with a little bit of help. So we're obviously hoping that the government steps in, that it's easy for these small businesses to, th to survive, if not thrive, but we're really happy to do our part between now and then. Liz, Kevin, our entire team, Stu, everybody here is working so hard on this. People are on this thing 24-7. And it just shows that if you put your mind to something and you put your 
effort and your intention behind it, you can really make some great things happen. Um, I think this is kind of a weird week coming up in the U.S., there's all these rumors that there's going to be more rioting and more unrest. And on Wednesday, which is the 20th, Biden will be inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States. So I don't know. I think it will be interesting to see. I think everybody's eyes will be on what's happening in Washington. In my small little world, the NWHL bubble kicks off on Saturday. So I am I have the good pleasure with the hockey team of driving Babs to the bubble. So I'm going to drive Babs to the bus at 4.30 a.m. on Friday morning. I can't wait. I feel like a girl should go off in style. So I'm ready to do that. We've got an awesome episode coming up with her and Rebecca Russo, which will be timed to the bubble. So the ladies head to Lake Placid. It's their first bubble season. Everyone is competing for the Isabel Cup. I am rooting for everyone, obviously, but I'm really rooting for the Riveters. We made some cool, cool stuff for them. We made a bunch of Skate Like a Girl shirts, which we'll hopefully get there. We made Babs a bunch of posters. We're doing cutouts. I'm hoping for a great killer kick-ass two weeks of hockey from some sick athletes. So I'm excited for that. And so without further ado, let's get into Josh uh, and Axon. So by way of background, before we jump into this, Axon is a massive corporation. It's based based in Scarsdale, Arizona. They develop technology and other products, predominantly for military and law enforcement. They're also starting to build more civilian projects. They did about 500 and $30 million in revenue in 2019. Josh is responsible. Josh Isner, who's our guest, is responsible for that revenue. He drives global growth. He drives customer service, professional services, and sales operations. Uh, and he has a lot of insight for anybody who is in a marketing field, in a sales field, in a B2B business, and in a B2C business. So I think you'll get a lot out of him. So before we get into Josh, let's talk about Fundrise. So in 2021, if you want a truly diversified investment portfolio, you need way more than stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. One killer addition to your portfolio can be private real estate. Studies have shown that portfolios with an allocation to private real estate generally deliver a better risk-adjusted return and more annual income and lower volatility. With Fundrise, this level of powerful diversification is available to you. So basically what Fundrise does, it provides access to diversified portfolios of private real estate to all investors. They have a super easy to use platform. So whether you're looking to add stable cash flow, you want dividends, you want long-term growth through appreciation, Fundrise makes investing in private real estate as easy as, an, as investing in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. They've got a great team. They're a bunch of real estate professionals. They carefully vet and actively manage all of their real estate projects. And their easy-to-use website helps you track your portfolio's performance, as well as watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via dynamic asset updates. So the net net of it is, see for yourself how over 130,000 investors have built better portfolios with private real estate. Takes just a few minutes. Um, I'm excited to have Josh come onto the pod because, Josh, I feel like you and I have actually become very good friends, which I'm very appreciative of. Like, I feel one of the best things out of quarantine that happened for me was getting to know new people and knowing their businesses and... And you are, you know, at the top of that heap. So I'm excited that you're here. Um, besides the fact that I like you, I thought that you'd be a great addition to the podcast because 
one of the things that I'm always really taken by with you and really the the entire Axon team is just the commitment, the rigor, the focus, the energy, the the deliberateness in how you are growing your business and how you deliver for your customers and how you think about the integrity of your products, your services, your mission, all of it. So, um, so welcome. Oh, thank you very much. I'm I'm really excited to be on today, Erica. I was pumped when uh, when you asked me to join and made my day. So very happy to be here. All right. So tell us what Axon is. Tell us what you do. Tell us how many people work for you. Like you're a big fucking deal in sales. So like like own it. So tell tell us the story. <laughs> yeah. So um, Axon was founded under the name Taser. So for uh, for those of you who've heard the phrase like "Don't tase me, bro," that's us. Um, our founder actually had two friends uh, uh, that were shot and killed in a road rage incident in the 90s. And uh, right out of business school, he decided to kind of look into alternatives to bullets to uh, resolve conflict. And so um, founded Taser. Um, we found a really good use case early on in law enforcement where police weren't having to use batons or guns nearly as much. They could deploy the taser, subdue someone with electricity, and, and get them um, kind of cuffed up before uh, anything escalated. This led to a huge drop in injuries uh, for police officers and for suspects. And so we really felt like we were on to something. That was in the, the early 2000s. And from there, it was it's kind of a classic case of one thing leading to another. Uh, there were some questions about how tasers are being used in the field. And we said, why don't we put body cameras on, on or actually, first it was, why don't we put a camera on the taser, which we did, and that worked out. Um, and then we said, well, why are we putting it on the taser? Maybe we should just put it on uh, the officer himself or herself. And um, that that really started to take off in around 2010 and 11. And from there, we actually were generating so much content from these body cameras that the bigger question became, how do you manage all this stuff? And um, came up with evidence.com, which is uh, the biggest repository of digital evidence in the world for, for law enforcement. Um, it's, a, it's a cloud um, uh, platform where police manage all of their body cam videos, photos, documents, and so forth on the platform. And that's leading to some interesting future opportunities like um, uh, AI and, and helping police understand what they have in all of their data. And then also things like VR on the weapon side, how do we train police better um, and prepare them for what they're going to see in the field. So uh, the company's performed really well over the last decade. Uh, revenues have gone from 90 million and in 2019, we did about 530 million. We're going to be releasing earnings here in about the next six weeks. And, um, company's grown as well. When I started in 2009, it was about 150 people. I think this year we'll get up close to between 1,500 and 2,000 people. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been a fantastic run. It's the only company I've ever worked for. I came right out of college. Our founder, Rick, is in the same boat, and our president, Luke, is also in the same boat. So a lot of us feel like, you know, we, this has been kind of, kind of our, our startup almost. And I think what's interesting, so I, you know, I think the company is so interesting for a couple for a couple reasons. One is you're doing two things. You have a, a weaponry product or a safety product, you would probably say, to be PC. So you have a product. And then you also have this whole other side of your business, which is digitizing 
local business, which has never really been done effectively. It's complicated. It's sensitive. It's it, it's government. Like so, I I think what's so interesting about the brain of Axon is you know you have the don't tase me bro like electricity widgets flying shit out everywhere, and then you also have. How do you think about municipal police departments and the digitization of their records, their information, the the data from body cameras, the actual footage and content from body cameras? So I think what's so interesting, you know, you, you talked about the changing of the brand from Taser to Axon. I think it also shows you are a very, very big tech company. As much as you are a product company, as much as you are a service company, um, so t- tell us a little bit about your role within Axon. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm I'm the chief revenue officer, so I run all of sales and, and pretty in marketing and anything that really touches the customer at this point. So um, I've been doing that job for the last four or five years. Um, it's it's as the company grows, I'd say on the one hand, it's a lot of fun to to see a lot of the fruits of our labor pay off. On the other hand, it's hard when a company grows because you don't get that same kind of uh, camaraderie amongst employees at all levels. And uh, you feel like you're, you're kind of a bigger company. So we do everything we can to try to keep it, uh, keep it really fun and, and maintain a certain culture at the company and also trying to organize in, in small teams so that um, even as we grow, people don't feel like they're mired in bureaucracy. It's much more about organizing kind of small, talented groups of people together and getting out of their way, frankly, and, and allowing them to achieve uh, really interesting things. And, and, and when we transitioned from really a hardware weapons company to a technology company, that was a big part of it is a lot of us kind of getting out of the way and, and bringing in people that we really trusted to make the right strategic decisions for the business. Mm-hmm. And who do you, who would you say you compete with? So we, we, in law enforcement, I'd actually say our biggest competitor is the status quo. Like in, in government in general, it, it doesn't move as fast as the private sector. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, one of the big ones is, you know, the importance of maintaining data security and, uh, and, and taking a very conservative viewpoint, frankly, and, and how you're going to manage data and how it's going to be backed up and so forth. So for us, you know, convincing customers for the first time to move their data outside of their walls at a police agency and into the cloud, that's a big deal and one that had to earn a lot of customer trust over the years to be able to have that opportunity. Um, but outside of that, there's, there's a number of, of companies we do compete with. Probably the one people have heard of the most is Motorola. Uh, they're the big player in, in the radio business and police, and, and they um, you know, do a lot in software as well. So, Would you ever say Amazon? Um, actually, Amazon is more of a, our provider, uh, as well as Microsoft for different regions. We use them in their web services business. We, we haven't necessarily run into them as a competitor all that much. They, they are more of like the platform that, that a lot of the products are built yeah, on. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I get that. You guys can't see Josh right now, but he's like the happiest go luckiest person. He just literally smiles all the time. He's just got like this big, goofy, rosy cheek smiles. Like if he were to dress up as a Santa, he would crush it. Like he's got a total, total great, happy, jovial Santa face. Anyways, you want to be your best. You want to have bright, rosy cheeks. You want to look like Josh. You should try Raw Generations. What Raw Generation is, it's a cold-pressed juice company. They deliver best-in-class products right to your door. I have a freezer and a refrigerator chocolate 
full of raw generation. What's great about them is they only use raw fruits and vegetables. This helps all the nutrients get absorbed by your body. They taste delicious. Your skin will look good. Your, your organs will feel great. Um, if you want to start your 2021 off right and you're looking to change your diet, you're looking to boost your energy, you're looking to retrain your body, you're looking to clean your system, you can choose from a whole bunch of, of cleanses from Raw Generation, whether it's the skinny cleanse, the low sugar cleanse, or the protein cleanse. Or if you're not into cleansing, you can just have a ton of great juices. If you use the code token, 15 now, you can get an extra 15% off your order. Go to rawgeneration.com and use code token15 today. I think it's interesting. You're based in Arizona and you're a big tech company in Arizona, which is not really not two things that go together. When I always talk about you guys, I think it's where companies are based geographically is very telling. So when you find a big technology company outside of the Bay Area and San Francisco, or LA, which is where media tech and content tech really seems to live, or social tech, right. it's deliberate. And I think that there is something very unique about your culture and kind of your ethos. Like you guys are a bunch of weirdos, brilliantly smart company, very focused company. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you run a huge sales operation. You sell to a customer base in, in law enforcement, which is beleaguered, under fire, always on the defense, uh, you know, underfunded, overfunded, depending on who you ask. So how do you, what do you, you know, what do you say to your sales team? Like, what are the best yeah. practices? How do you do what you do? Yeah. So there's, I think one of the, one of the things um, that that's gone really well over the last, you know, five or six years is we try to keep the message really simple to our team. And we talk about really the same five things every single year as we get kicked off. We just had our sales kickoff last year and it's really the same five things. The first of which is this concept of next play. Like we really, really believe that running any kind of company is very similar to running a sports team. And our, our employees, our salespeople, um, though, you know, some might question this, we look at them as athletes. And so uh, ultimately, like the idea that what you've done in the past, um, like that's still being on your mind. To me, that's just a distraction. Like we focused on what's in front of us in the moment. That's the only thing we can really control. And so we're big on kind of the next play philosophy. And then there's really four others that, that we talk about. Um, the first is blocking out the noise. And that's a lot of what you just said, Erica, like 2020 was a very, very hard year in terms of police in uh, communities. So, like, I think we took a step backwards, frankly, and um, to to just focus on our part in solving that problem as opposed to what the media is reporting or what people's opinions are on defund the police and all that stuff. Like, we try to block all that block all that out and really focus on what we can control. And we think these problems are ultimately going to be solved by technology, not by you know government policy. I think technology just moves a lot faster. And then on top of that. Um, it's about uh, embracing being the gorilla. Ultimately, actually, I think Barstool has done a fantastic job of this is you just got to be aware of who you are and ultimately trying to be another company or, um, or apologizing for your success like that, that shit never works. It's like, we got to focus on the fact that we've earned the position we're in in the market. And we're going to keep trying to be the best company we can be and, and kind of embrace the fact that people are going to come after us, whether they're competitors, whether in the press, we just try to uh, focus on, on what we can 
control and embrace being the gorilla. Uh, the next one's execute like hell. You know, sales is not rocket science. It's, it's a series of repeatable things that you can get really good at, just like in sports. And that's kind of what we preach. Um, and then the last one is right is never wrong. Like there's, especially selling the governments, there's no room for interpretation on the rules. We, we use the Einstein quote, uh, ethics, or sorry, relativity applies to physics, not ethics. And I love that quote. It's very black and white. And uh, we want to make sure that we're doing things the right as a company. So we talk about those five messages all the time. Our employees live them. They say them. Everybody kind of, you know, whenever something good happens, the first thing we hear a rep saying is next play. And, and we love that. That's like, that's kind of the, the culture that we want to continue into the future. That's great. So how do you draw, you know, do you have, actually, before I ask that, do you have, um, you know, we have, a te- we always have so much tension in our company between the salespeople and the content people where content people think the salespeople suck, then they go say it everywhere. The salespeople think the content people suck. They go say that everywhere. Tell, how do you, how do you, and I think this is true in, in many, many companies. Like I don't, I don't frankly think it's u- unique to us. I think it's any company where you have multiple groups who share the greatest objective uh, but whose pathway to that objective are are sometimes diametric. So how do you manage that? How do you manage that at Axon? How do you think about that? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and we embrace it. Like we, we look at it like, hey, we're a team of teams. If you read the book, uh, uh, Team of Rivals, it's about Abraham Lincoln and assembling his cabinet, which a lot of which were a lot of his political rivals. And that actually made the team a lot better. So for us, we kind of embrace that and we let our teams push each other to be better. Like we, you know, uh, uh, Bill Belichick, who I know we got a lot of Patriots fans uh, that are fans of Barstool, like talks about playing complimentary football. The idea that you make a stop on, on defense, then you return a punt and then your offense puts it in the end zone. Like that's what we want to be as a company where our product team builds fantastic products. Our sales team goes out and executes and sells the products and our operations finance team so and so forth kind of takes things the last mile, uh, you know, in terms of fulfillment and reporting and so forth. And so we, you know, I, I, I like the idea that each internal team kind of challenges each other to be better. I think it sets the tone for the right type of mindset where we're all, you know, pushing each other to, to, to get to the best outcome we can. And what ha- like, do you ever have a bad day? You seem very, very, very positive. <laughs> so uh yeah 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 for sure i i try i think it's important to be positive day to day i think like especially when we're a bigger company you know if you say the wrong thing to to a person that doesn't know you very well like that could ruin that could ruin their day that could that could give them doubt about their performance at work or it could it could cause them to have a different more negative view of their career so we try to keep it super positive i'd say like I'd use that as like a 95% rule. Like we, we want to be really positive 95% of the time, but you, at, at times you got to show a little fire to let people know not to fuck with you. Right. Like there's, there's times where if you're a little too nice, people start to take advantage or they take liberties. And ultimately like we want to do things right every day. And, and part of that is, 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 you know, calling that out when it's not going so well. So. One of the things, so uh, I had the good fortune of joining one of one of your meetings, um, and you talked a lot about the balance between process and just get it the fuck done. Like, mm-hmm. 
process ingenuity, process momentum, process entrepreneurship. How do you tell me about how you think about those two things together? Yeah, I am. I am on the far end of the outcome side of the spectrum. Like I, I don't. I don't value process, and I'm. I'm a big outcomes person. Like ultimately, if the scoreboard says we won. To me, we can fix a lot of the stuff that didn't go well while we get that result. Um, now, as we've grown, especially, I think one of the things I've learned is to surround myself with people who are passionate about process. And certainly they get frustrated with me at times and I get frustrated with them, but we respect each other a lot because I think we need each other to, to run a great business. And so, um, you know, I, I think from a leadership perspective, I, I'd say most leaders at Axon are very, very focused on outcomes but each leader has at least one kind of key person on their team that's going to be the person making sure that we don't get too far out over our skis and make mistakes and, and do things that would have otherwise been preventable. And if someone wants a job with you, someone wants a job with in the Josh business or in the Axon business, like what does it take to break through with you? Yeah, yeah. So there's five traits we talk about in terms of the, the type of individuals we want at our company. And I'd say, um, ultimately, it starts with a lot of talent. Like for us, you know, no matter what role we, we you know, even though it sounds like 1500 people is a big company, like, we need a talented person in each one of those spots. Um, and so talents, you know, kind of the, the, the first bar that everyone's got to pass. But beyond that, I think it's a very specific type of person, somebody uh, who can get to the right answer on their own. Like I think companies get crippled by having decisions flow to one or two people and ultimately having people that can make day-to-day -day decisions that we trust, I think is very important. Uh, having somebody that's versatile, like our business changes a ton. I know yours has as well, you know, and, and ultimately like having people that can do a lot of different things uh, is, is really important to us as we grow. And then it's, it's people who drive great outcomes. Like ultimately we look for people who can demonstrate success and by far the most important thing for us is mental toughness. Like we want people who are tough, like that can deal with adversity that aren't satisfied with success that see the, the faults, you know, that have enough self-awareness to understand where they as individuals need to improve and, and so forth. And, and so that's the, that's the combination Outside of that, I love people from sports. Like I, I love people who are captains of their sports teams or played division one sports or whatever the case may be. I think, I think like, you know, other than sports and maybe like the U S military, there, there aren't, a, there isn't a great institution for teaching leadership and coming back from failure and all that stuff. So we love folks that come from those backgrounds as well. You seem to have like a five step thing for everything. Like Give, how does the five step shit come together? Like you have a killer <laughs> HR department or is this you or like, yeah. So actually, frankly, like I've noticed this about Dave as well. I think we've all, we both learned a lot from Bill Belichick and, and you look around the Patriots facility, you see signs and they break things down very simply. It's three to five things to focus on. And, and for us, like as you get bigger and you don't get to talk to each person at the company every day, like, having simple repeatable things that that we can put up you know in in presentations or around the building that just remind people of kind of the what we're looking for regardless if it's team building related or our company performance like just having simple kind of axioms that you can go back to time and time again i think that's how you kind of build a culture where, where everybody's pushing in the same direction what's your favorite belichick quote 
Favorite Belichick quote is uh, probably uh, if we all do it to, or uh, sorry, now I'm just going to totally fuck it up here. Um, um, if we, if we all do it wrong, we could still be right. So the idea that if everyone is aligned and going in the same direction, you can still achieve what you want to achieve, even if you don't do it right every step of the way. I think for us, our biggest fear is like misalignment or have people going in opposite directions and trying to, trying to avoid all of that and make sure everyone's pulling in the same direction is really important to us. I love that. Mine is uh, we're on to Cincinnati. I love that. I love that. That's Perfect next play. Perfect next play. Perfect. We just got our ass kicked. Everybody wants answers. You could fester in all the problems and everything that went wrong. Um, but actually, like, we're just on to the next fucking game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, like, when, when you have that philosophy, it, it doesn't have to be a total catastrophe that you look at to motivate you. It can be little things that went wrong, and, and you use those as kind of motivational things to – to try to get better and, and move on to the next thing. And so we really value the opportunities to, to try to coach that and uh, get people to buy into that. I love that. All right, Josh, this was awesome. I think this was perfect. Uh, anything else you feel like we need to know about you? Not at all. If you're interested in working for Axon, uh, shoot me an email or uh, hit me up on, on social media. I'd love to hear from you. And also, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, like, congratulations on an awesome 2020 for Barstool, Erica. It's, 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 I've been a longtime stoolie and uh, just a lot of pride to see the company just take such a big step in 2020. And it's just incredible to see. If you haven't already, give this podcast a subscription, leave us a review or give us a rating. If you want to support the Barstool Fund, you can go to barstoolfund.com to support small businesses.